If you are, thanks for being here, by the way. Uh, good morning, everybody. If you're here today and you have lost um, a loved one who has served in the armed forces, uh, if you don't mind, will you, will you just stand and allow us the privilege of honoring you on this Memorial Day? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Whatever campus you're at, will you please stand and allow us the honor and privilege of honoring you? Come on, everybody. Will you help me thank them? Stay standing, please. Stay standing. Uh, we, we really, we really are, don't, don't sit down yet. We really are grateful for, um, for your sacrifices. We don't take it for granted, the privileges that we get to enjoy in this great country. And so we, we realize that in order for us to be who we are as a country today, um, some people had to give their lives to pull that off. And so on today, we want to say we honor you, we thank you, and we deeply appreciate you for your sacrifices. In addition to that, uh, if you have somebody now uh, uh, that, that's currently serving in our armed forces, will you stand, please, everybody? If you have anybody like that, just stand right where you are. All our campuses, just stand. Uh, I want to I wanna honor them, too. I want to thank you for giving up the things that your loved ones gave up so that we can enjoy uh, the freedoms we get to say anything we want to say, to, um, to, to enjoy the process of growth and development that this country has enjoyed. I want you to know as well that we appreciate you and we thank you for the sacrifices of your loved one as well. Everybody else, uh, will you help me? I know the country is not great, but it's better than most. So will you help me honor these men and women for their sacrifices? Thank you. You need to know we really appreciate you. You may be seated in the house. Father, thank you for um, each and every person that stood for whatever the reason they stood. I just want you to know, God, that we appreciate the fact that many of them um, have lost loved ones fighting for this country in some way, and many of the ones that are standing as well are currently protecting us and are on the front lines ensuring that we get to enjoy what we get to enjoy as a country. So God, I, I thank you. I pray you provide comfort. I pray that you'll provide safety and protection, and I pray that you'll continue to give us the privileges that we get to enjoy today and never take them for granted because it is a special privilege that we get to enjoy what we do here in this great country. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, there's no shortcuts, no jokes today. Um, you worshipped out my time, so therefore, <laughs> let's, let's get to work real quickly, and let's see what we have to say. I'm only going to read one passage. Will you stand with me? Uh, Joshua chapter 9 is all I'm going to read today. Joshua chapter 9. Let's pick it up. Um, uh, and let's read the word of the Lord. Quickly, everybody, say it with me, please. They went to, to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a... Now, ladies and gentlemen, the context is one of the greatest miracles the Bible uh, has recorded. It's when uh, Joshua asked God to let the sun stand still so that he could finish out the commandment that God gave to them. 
The problem in the passage, though, is that there are some people called the Gibeonites that are nothing but liars. They're liars. That's what they are, liars. So they lied to Joshua and told Joshua that I need you to make an agreement with me that you won't obliterate us. That's what happened. There are five kings and the Gibeonites that were going to form a pact to face and defeat the children of Israel. The problem is, after God did what he did in Ai, in Jericho, and Bethel, then the Gibeonites thought, if they, they, don't, they, don't even, they don't even go fight the battle, all they do is sing praises and they win the battle. And so they thought, listen, they got an X factor that y'all don't have over here. So we going to lie to them, be on their team, and then let them demolish y'all. That's the setting. Come look at the next verse now. So they done told a lie. So here we go. Read it with me, everybody. The men of said to the Hivites, perhaps you are. How then shall we make? Huh. Next verse. Here we go. But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. Then Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? Who the heck are you? Where you come from? You, they brought some old bread that had mold on it. They had some tour of clothes that like they'd been walking a far away. All to deceive my man, Joshua. Next verse. Here's what he said. They said to him, your servants have come from a very far country. Lie because of the fame of the Lord your God. Now hold up now. How many people will come to you because of the fame of your God? How many people, when they look back over your life and they see the hand of God moving, will they come to you and say, how are you still standing? Not because of you, but because of the God that you serve. Watch it, the text continues. Here we go. For we have heard the report of him and all... God, my God. Go to chapter 10. Go to chapter 10 quickly. Let's pick it up in chapter 10, verse 4. Read it with me. Come up to me and help me and let us attack for it has and with the so the Amorites now get together all five countries and say, hey man, these guys are traitors. They left us and they joined Israel. So let's go demolish them. Watch the text. Watch what happens next. Verse number 6. Then the men of, come on, that's not everybody. Come on, everybody. Then the, you got it, sent word to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgal, saying, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites have. Now here go the liar that now need help. And the question is, what do you do when somebody lied to you, have your people fight against you and mad at you, and now they call in for help? What do you do when you have made a commitment, but now you have the opportunity to leave your commitment or to join them, watch this, and lose lives because of the lie they told you. You may be seated in the house. Lord of mercy. Help us today, Lord. Father, write your word on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Uh, if you're just joining us, we're in a sermon series where we're looking at the valleys in the Bible. Uh, last week, we looked at the valley of Elah, which is, where, which is the valley of the giants. And we remembered, if you remember, if you're here last week, there are three tests to determine if you get into that. Not everybody go in the valley. If you ain't doing nothing, you ain't getting in the valley. The valley are for people who are doing big things for God. So there are three tests. Test number one was, can you just be faithful with the ordinary? Can you, can you, can you be okay with, the, with obscurity? Nobody knows your name. Nobody, you don't have no followers. You just there doing your work faithfully. Many people can't get out of there into the valley because you love the lights too much. And because you do, you won't get in the valley. Because everything you do, I, you, you say something like, oh, yeah, this is going to hit it big. This is going to hit it big. This is going to go viral. This one going to go viral. And you care so much about viral, and you don't care about just doing the mundane, the regular. You just don't care about just being faithful to what the task that you have been given. Test number two. One is the ordinary. This is last week. Test number two is um, the test of authority. This is where God wants to know, can you honor the person above you? This is where God wants to know, do you always complain about the person above you? Or are you okay with honoring them even though they're not honorable? Can you, can you speak well of the person even if they don't speak well of you? Can, you? can you follow them even though you could do better than they could? Can you... Can you be faithful to them even when they want to stab you in the back? That's the authority test that you have to pass to get in the, in the valley. Then test number three, this is all last week, was the test of the real enemy test. What we said last week was too many of us uh, fight side battles and miss the main battle. Too many of us can't take when somebody talks bad about us, so we're going to make that the fight instead of the fight we came down there to fight. So therefore, we miss the big fight and never get to the next level because we're focused on little skirmishes as we go by. Because our identity cannot take the fact that somebody talked bad about us. And so we have to go prove ourselves to them instead of focus on the real battle. Way too many of us never get in the valley. Because we can't pass those three. On today, however, um, we got a different kind of test. On today, we're going to talk about the valley of opposition. When people come against you. The problem is, when people come against you, it's because you have a vision so big, the devil gets mad and want to come up against you. But too many of us don't have no vision that big. Therefore, the devil don't even waste his time with you. Because all you care about is you, yourself, and your family. You don't care about nobody else. Your vision's not that big. You, you can accomplish your vision. Therefore, the devil don't fool with you. He don't send nobody toward you because you're easy. Because, watch this. Because you will defeat your own self with your self-centeredness. There are, three, there are three things before you get in this valley of, op of oppositions that you got to be aware of. Number one, if, if the size of your vision is not intimidating, then there is a good chance it's insulting to God. If when you see what God's called you to do, and you be like, there is no way, God, this cannot be done. It's never been done before. I can't do it. I, and, and you're saying all the right words. I can't do it. I know. That's why you need him to do it. If you can accomplish your vision, it's way too small. 
If you can see light at the end of the tunnel, it's way too small. If you don't need nobody's help to get it done, it's way too small. And I'm talking to some leaders in here that need to go dream again and create vision again because the one you got is way too small. It's insulting to Yahweh. You get all the credit. Yahweh gets none because you can do it on your own. You don't need anybody. And so many of us are, are, so, are so addicted to small visions. They're so tiny that you won't do it if you can't see where you're going. And God says, if you can see where you're going, then you're not living by faith. You're living by sight. I want you to walk out here. Now I know that you trust in me because this ain't never been done before. And we got too many people that are stuck in small-mindedness. God's placed something inside of you. And he, the only reason he didn't take you to heaven when you, when you got saved is because he wants you to accomplish something bigger than you ever dreamt, bigger than your parents ever thought you would ever accomplish. And if you're not dreaming like that, then you're not doing God's will for your life. It's always bigger than you. Number two, watch this. Number two, number two says that if when, when what you see doesn't match up with what God has spoken inside of you, you must hold on to what you've heard. When what you see doesn't match, it's, 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 it's too small, God. It's not there yet. It doesn't match up with what God told you, then, then hold on to what he tells you because that means he's not done with you yet. Ah, I got to talk about this one a little bit because some of you don't feel me. Right after the pandemic, I was really frustrated and I didn't want to do this anymore and I was ready to quit. Uh, but everybody in here know you got to have some people around you that can help you through the valley seasons in your life. Listen to me, family. If you don't have nobody that can talk some sense into you when you're in the valley, acting a fool, saying to yourself, woe is me. If you don't have nobody to talk you out of that, go get some quick. Because the valley is coming and you're going to want to give up, throw in the towel, I'm done. This is too hard. God, how could you use me? And I'm here today to tell you I had three friends. If I tell you their names, you know all of them. Three mentors, and one of them said to me, first thing one said to me was, hey man, let me help you out. If you didn't call yourself, you can't uncall yourself. Somebody need to hear that. You don't just get to say, I'm done, red flag, throw the towel in. God called you, so when it's time for him to stop, he will uncall you until then. Get up and get back and do what God's called you to do. There's some of you that want to run prematurely. You don't realize that the blessing is just around the corner. Your assignment is to keep walking even though you don't want to. Your assignment is, I know you're tired, but keep walking. One of my mentors had to say to me, hey, fool, listen, God didn't, God, you didn't call yourself. God called you. Yeah. So until he uncalls you, go do your work Amen. that he's called you to do. The second one, however, had a little more to say to me because I'm like, listen, man, this stuff's too hard. I don't know what to do. Ain't nobody want to do no more four services. Can I go back down to two? And, 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 then, and then that mentor, wise old man, he said to me, he said, hey, 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 hey. Do I hear you complaining about right. the blessing he has given to you? Is that what I hear? Do I hear a little dude from Jamaica complaining that he have to work hard? Is that what I'm hearing? Are you saying to your God that it's too, that he's giving you too much blessing, you don't want no more? Then he said, be careful what you ask for. Because if he has given you the assignment, he has given you the power to come accomplish the assignment too. 
So I know you feel weary. I know you feel tired. But I need you to listen to me. If he gave you the assignment, he has given you the power to accomplish the assignment. So make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do because the power flows through you. Then he just reminded me. He said, he said, you remember when you used to do six services? I said, ain't nobody want to remember that? He says, you know what he did? He enabled you to do six for a season. He will enable you to do four for a season. Quit complaining. Put your head down and do what he has called you to do. I'm talking to somebody in here today. Because you need to realize that you ain't seen the end of the vision yet. Then my last one was, I'm complaining. And I said to the last one, the third one, and I said, hey, man, look at here, man. Why is it that the, sh the foot of our church, meaning people, have always been larger than the shoe? I want it with the shoe. Everybody else have the problem of their shoe be larger than the foot. So I'm complaining. Why is the foot so much larger? I need every time parking problems, all the issues we got. I don't want those issues anymore. <laughs> to which the third one of my mentors looked at me and said, could it be that you just haven't asked God for what the answer is going to look like in the future? Because you haven't spent enough time in your prayer closet okay. to ask him to do what you have not seen yet. Could it be that you're so self-centered, you are only looking at what you can see, but you have not yet asked him for what he can see that you can see, which is why you need him to accomplish it. Maybe there's somebody in here today that you so stuck in your sight level that you have not consulted with the one that can see all things. And simply asked him, how would you like to solve this, my Lord? <laughs> and because you haven't, that's why you haven't got no answer yet. Because you're still looking through your eyes and not through the eyes of your master. Oh, 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 oh. Number three. Come on over here. Number three, number three, number three. Let's go. The third one says, watch this one now. When your, your faith should be so big. That whatever God accomplishes is so exponentially amazing that it leaves no doubt who gets the credit. You see, most of the things we, me and you do, we can do it. So because we can, we get the credit. Your name becomes great. Your, email, your, um, your Instagram goes up. Everybody like you. That's not what God wants. God said, I want it to be so amazingly obvious that when this is done, Everybody know you ain't good enough to do this. Right. It's not you. It, you don't get no credit. It's all God. My concern with us is we want to share God's credit too much, which is why we only do things that we can do, not things that's impossible for us to do. And I want to remind you again to go dream bigger again. Because God's calling you to do some things that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. The plans God has for you. The only way you get there is to dream again. You don't get in the valley of opposition unless you dream again. So look at your neighbor and say, dream again, dream again, dream again. Look at the other one and say, dream bigger than you've ever dreamed before. My God. So now what happens when you get in the valley? That's the question. Five things I want you to see. Number one, five things when you're in the valley. Now you've dreamed big dreams. You get to be in the valley. You're rattled. Um, um, here comes people coming after you. What do you do? 
Well, let me show you what happened with, um, with my boy Joshua. Put up the map for me first. I'm coming to that in a minute. Put up the map. Here's what the map says. This is, this is what's happening contextually in the text. You've got um, the children of Israel at Gilgal. You've got the Gibeonites here. You've got the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Eglon, Jarmuth, all of them coming here to take on the Gibeonites. The Israelites had to travel um, about 20 or so hours to get here, all uphill three, listen, 3,000 feet uphill to fight this battle. This is when the sun stands still. Don't miss this. This is when the sun stands still. What happens when the sun stands still? You remember, Gilgal is in the east. Gibeon is in the west. The valley of Agilon is in the west. Everybody thinks when they say the sun stands still, it means that um, Joshua wanted more sunlight. He did not. What ha- where does the sun rise? In the east. That's right. Where does the sun set? In the West, what, 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 uh, what uh, Joshua was doing is he pulled a surprise on them and he wanted God to extend the night so that the moon would stay where it is so that they could take them on and have the element of surprise as they beat the one, two, three, four, five in the valley of Agilon. He is not asking for more sunlight. He's actually asking for more darkness so he can accomplish the battle. That ain't what I'm preaching about today. That would be nice if you don't realize it and if you want to debate the Bible, call me later. I'm not, I'm not using my time for that. That's for um, um, exegetes who want to talk about that. I want to show you the application of the word. So come with me. Number one. Number one. Here's what leaders do in the valley. I've always wanted to do a leadership talk. Here it is, everybody, um, for Sunday morning. Here it is. Number one, strategic decision making. What happened? The Gibeonites decided, listen, I have analyzed the whole situation. I'm not going with the Amorites. I'm going with the children of Israel. If you can just sing and the walls come down, I'm going with you. You have an X factor, Yahweh, that need to be on my side. So they lied. They come. Um, My boy Joshua accepted their lie because he did not consult God. Be careful of the partnerships you end up with when you don't ask God if they're the right one. They lied. He didn't realize it until three days later. And all of a sudden, now he's in a battle with some people that are liars with him. I wonder if you in doing battle with some crooks because you didn't consult God. You saw how much money they had, but you didn't consult God. You saw how, much, how many people they knew, but you didn't consult God. And because now you find yourself in bed with a group of people that don't have the same values you have. Make a strategic decision, but make sure you consult God before you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, in everything in life, you're either, you're always doing one or two things. You're always repairing to come back to your vision or you're preparing for the rest of your vision. Listen to me, don't miss this. What you do today matters. What, when people graduated and they have their hats, everybody says, oh my gosh, you're such a success. No, that's not success. That is the recognition of success. What that really is, is after they went to first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, with the discipline they needed, and they went all the way through. When they get to graduation, you're just seeing the faithfulness that they have done for the last 10, 12, 13 years. Don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. Your assignment is that you must make sure you're making wise decisions every day in who you align yourself with. The Gibeonites align themselves with Joshua. Number two, secondly, adaptability. 
Adaptability says, God, no matter where you take me, I can be flexible and adapt. I'm not so arrogant that my way is the only way. I'm not so tough-headed that I will not change the strategy and the path. I will adapt to every situation I go in. As you lead me, I will follow. We have too many people that will not adapt. You should be like water that can go anywhere it needs to go to make deals so that your future is brighter because of it. Lord, have mercy. I need some help in here today. There's something called a gator grip. Some call a gator grip, a gator grip, a gator grip. There are two kind of tools here. One that looks like this, right? So if I want to turn this little hook, I can't do it because it can't fit. Can I do that? Can't. Can I do that? Can't. Can I do that? Uh oh, I got one. And so there are too many of you that can only fit one kind of environment. You can't fit everyone, but Lord have mercy if you got a gator grip. A gator grip has these little pins inside of it, and what it does, it adjusts to the bolt it has to turn. So you get a big bolt, and a gator grip says, got it, I can fit this one. You get a smaller bolt, got it, got it, I can turn this one. You get an even smaller one, got it, I can turn this one too. You get a hook. Got it. I can turn this one too. You get a smaller hook. Got it. Because no matter the environment you put the gator grip in, it will adjust and work. We got too many people who cannot fit in any situation. You go in a white environment, it's too white. You go in a black, it's too black. You go in, it's too Indian. You go in, it's too Asian. And you're complaining instead of being like a gator grip. And adjusting to any environment you're in. The more diverse that environment, the more healthier and better it is. So go into any environment God places you in and make the adjustment like a good gator grip. Can I get a witness, somebody? I'm trying to help somebody today. Be adaptable. Be adaptable. Number three, upholding commitment. Upholding. Look at your neighbor and say, uphold your commitments. Look at the other one and say, uphold your commitments. Oh, you're not going to like me after today. Here we go. What did Joshua do? Joshua said, hey, man, listen, I know you lied to me. I know you made my people mad at me. But no matter what, I shook your hand and I made an agreement with you. Because I did, my word is my bond and I'm going to defend you no matter what. So even though it's going to cost me lives, because I gave you my bond, I'm going to roll up there. And some of you know a vice grip. Here's what a vice grip is. Whatever a vice grip holds on to, it stays held on to it, okay? That's what a vice grip is. Monia, you didn't notice, but if you ever look closely at a vice grip, it has a handshake as its commitment. So what it's saying is, once I clamp down on you, ain't no coming off of you. God says, that's what you must be like. If you give your word, your word must be your bond. But that's not true for church people. Oh, no, no, no. That's not true for church people. Church people join in church, somebody heard them, and they talk about, oh, Lord, I'm finna lead a church. I'm leaving the whole church. All churches. Every last one of them bad, I'm out. Because when you get church hurt, all you do is talk about the whole church, even though it was one person that hurt you. Okay, you don't believe me, so let me get a little graphic for you. So some of you, you come down to church, and you gotta, oh, by the way, say it with me, from this moment forward. I know some of you be like, well, huh, you're in a commitment, but, okay, do I need to go fix my last ex? No. From this, don't create, don't, don't create no more mess. From this day forward. 
Say it with me. From this day. Good. Whatever I'm about to say is from this day forward. All right, here we go. So um, some of you, you walk in church, and they should be like. But you want to sit in the back. And the like, oh, no, not on my watch. You know, I say. <laughs> and you'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm kind of shy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you walk out of church. The whole church horrible. I can't take nobody in no church. I hate them all. Listen. Why do you say church hurt when you come to church when one person offends you? And when you go to the restaurant and you get bad food, you don't say restaurant hurt. Instead, what you say is you act godly at the restaurant. But you have a bad mood if you want free food. But you act godly as a restaurant. So in the restaurant, they serve you bad. They don't like the quality. So you said, excuse me, is it, what, is it okay if I talk to your manager? That's what you're supposed to do, Matthew chapter 18. Okay, manager comes out. Hey, you know what? I know this is not the culture of your environment, but I really felt uh, 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 like I was treated rudely. Would you mind if I just get another server? Oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. Please forgive us. Yes, Sally Mae. Come on over here, Sally Mae. Uh, will you just, just treat them so wonderful, Sally Mae? And then, Sally Mae, just come this one in the house for them, Sally Mae. And you walk out godly. Like, yes, I did something today. But when it comes to church, people, oh, heck no. You see the parking lot, dude? He coming this way. You want to go to the kids' area? He said, no, go this way. And he put his body over here to block you turning. And you be like, I promise you, I'll run you down. I'll run you right over. <laughs> you are part of a church. You become a member of a church. And all of a sudden, one person hurts you. And you write off all of God's people. Talking about church heart. Some of you, you come to church, you look, ooh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Some of you come to church and, and, and you're selling something, but you want everybody to know what you sell. So you start using people. You go to their life group, and you don't go to life group. You want to be like, you go to life group, you want to sell them something. No, all you do is use the church. So then somebody come talk to your body, and you get mad. I can't believe the church wouldn't let my business fly. You want, you want to sell books. Ain't nobody ever read your book before, but you come to church talking about all you need to buy my book. So you stay outside. Here's my book. Here's my book. Here's my book. Ain't nobody want to read your book. But you, because somebody stopped you, now all of a sudden, you get mad at the world. I can't believe they're holding out on me. The blessings ought to flow. And these church people holding out on me. Somebody, you in the choir. Well, I need to practice for the praise team. Your praise team says, no, you're not good enough. Go back to the choir. I can't believe they don't want me to use my gift. I want to use my gift. Ain't Nobody want me to use my gift. I can't believe what kind of church is this. And all of a sudden, you don't blame the choir director. You don't blame the leader of the praise team. You blame the whole church. You go to the hospital. You don't say, all of Baylor. All of Baylor. I hate all of Baylor. No, no, no. You say, that nurse was very rude. Would you mind if I speak to your director of nurses, please? When you're dealing with the world, you, you know the Bible. But when you're dealing with the church, you don't know no Bible. Preach, pastor! I got to go. The devil is a liar. I got to go. But the devil is a liar. 
Let's go to the, let me show you seven areas. Go to the back of your notes. Seven areas where we mess this up. Number one, misplaced focus. You focus on yourself instead of focusing on God. That's what people do. We focus on ourselves instead of focusing on God. So you come into church and it's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> and you don't focus on God. And you wonder why you want to write off the whole church. The church, Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. You don't get to, you don't get to, to, to diminish the whole body of Christ just because you had a hurt feeling. Of course, now people do some atrocities in church. Don't get me wrong. And when they do it, we need, to, we need to say, hey, man, let's talk to the person. Let's talk to the person above you. They don't want, let's talk to the person above them until you get it. And then, and then, by the way, you don't get to determine what the punishment is. You get to share your thoughts. Somebody else gets to determine what the punishment is. Come on, number two. Quickly, we got to go. Um, number two is misplaced identity. Just because they, they said something that hurt your kid's feelings don't mean the whole church is bad. By the way, you should teach your kids so when somebody says something about your kid, that's not true. Your kid can say, that's not what God says about me. Therefore, because I know what God says about me, what you just said is a lie. I reject that in Jesus' name. But because you don't teach your kid when they come to church and some bad teacher act a plum fool, then you don't get to just go off. On the, you get to go to the person over there and say, hey, man, listen. This is what happened. What can you do? Just like you do in your restaurant, just like you do in the hotel, just like you do in the hospital, just like you do on the on the on the um on the on the soccer fields. No, actually, no. <laughs> on the so soccer field like church, so y'all, soccer field and church, same thing. At the plum fool out there. I saw some of y'all. I just don't fall. Ref, 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 wait, get some glasses, ref. Calm down. Your kids are watching you. Truth be told, one time I was out there. <laughs> and my son came over to me and said, hey, dad. Calm down. That's good. I didn't say anything. But what I wanted to say was, shut up, fool. Let me think. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Come on. I don't have no time to play y'all. Number three. Number three. Number three. Misplaced pain. Misplaced pain. Misplaced pain. Listen, listen, listen. Too many of us brought pain from somewhere else. And we brought it in the church. Listen, here's what we do. And then once we come in, we start looking for the person who will hurt me like they hurt me. And if they have a mustache, like they have a mustache, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to brand, you want, you want to just chew them out. They didn't do nothing. But because it even resembles the person who did it the last time, just deal with that pain first. Just go deal with that one. And then ask God to help heal your soul and theirs. And then come with a fresh start. Number, number four, come on quickly. Number four. Um, the next one is uh, misalignment spiritually anymore. Why do you think everybody in church is, is 100% godly? What is wrong with us? We always think everybody's just, they just, oh yeah, this person is perfect and they love Jesus. Are you, let me help you out. Ain't nobody perfect except Jesus. That's why we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's who we look to, everybody. Jesus. But for some reason, you think everybody's all of a sudden mature and emotionally grown. No, everybody is not. 
All them pastors at this church not. And if you catch us on the wrong day, we immature. <laughs> Pastor Matt, that is. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, number five, number five, number five, number five. Misplaced mindsets. Write that down. I got to go. Misplaced mindsets. The next one is misplaced motivation. Flip it. Misplaced motivation. Today, sometime. Yeah, there we go. Misplaced motivation. Listen, everybody don't come to church for the same reason. No, this is for real. Do you know that every time I go to the barbershop, every now and again, they be talking about, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. If you want to, um, if, if you need a good woman, you need to go to one community. That's where good women are. One community. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean? They say, yeah, that, that, that's the word on the street. I said, what you mean? That if they want a good woman, they need to go to one community. So I said, no, 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 no. So they don't go to one. They just want to come to one for a woman. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then here's what, <clears throat> here's what people at one do. <clears throat> so then they start, they, a dude comes to one. He says he loved Jesus. He ain't never been here but one Sunday. You come and start dating him. He dumps you. And then you say, the whole church wicked. Joker, he only came here one Sunday. Only one Sunday he came because he learned at the barbershop to come over here one Sunday. So don't blame the whole church for that dude. Preach, Pastor. Amen. Last one. I got to go. Last one. Misplaced loyalty. Do not be loyal to a pastor. Be loyal to Jesus. Listen to me on this one. Listen to me on this one. When you have displaced, displaced loyalty, that's why you get hurt. Because you think that that person is not only perfect, but they're without sin. It's not true. Nobody is. And if they are, they're just not aware of the sin that's tripping them up yet. So listen to me. Your loyalty must be placed in Jesus. Now, no, 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 no. When you join a church, the church don't need you when everything's going good. When the church needs you is when everything's going bad. But then that's the time. You don't want to uphold your commitment. You want to run like everybody else. Listen to me, OCC. The number one enemy of the church is disunity and division, not the devil. The number one enemy is disunity and division. So you need to know the reason why you want a church that's not based on one person. The reason why after Father's Day, bye, I ain't coming back till September is because the church must survive without me. And every single year, this church grows when I'm not here. I must be the problem because it grows when I ain't here. Here's what that means. Here's what that means. That means you don't have to worry about who comes here on a Sunday because they're going to preach the word of God most of the time better than me. So you don't have to worry about I wonder who's going to be preaching. No, no, no. Because whoever who's going to be preaching is going to deliver a word like you had never heard it before. That's right. That's right. That is why you must have a bench, whatever you do, a bench deeper than yourself That's right. so that it can survive without you. If it cannot survive without you, you are one person away from extinction. Can I get a witness one yeah. community church? Don't get addicted to one preacher. La, number four, number four, let's go. The last one is, I'm done on this one, I'm done. Uh, let's go to the fourth point, which is collaboration and alliance. I'm done on this one. Collaboration and alliance. Collaboration and alliance. Here's what that means. 
That means you cannot do what God wants you to do by yourself. What did Joshua do? Joshua said, hey, man, we're going to use the Gibeonites. Yes, they're going to be punished for what they did, but we're going to let them serve by the temple. By the way, all the Gibeonites got saved and now are part of the community. But even though they deceived God, what did Joshua put them? Right by the temple. So the presence of God was always where they were serving. So all the whole family then got to know and got to serve Yahweh because of their relationship to that presence of God. Anyways, so, so what did they do? They gave them a place to rule, and then they continued in their, in their conquest. Ladies and gentlemen, let me help you out. People ask me all the time, hey man, how do you do what you do? And I said, what you don't know is um, when I used to work at my other church with my spiritual father, Dr. Tony Evans, um, um, what you don't know is that I used to do illustrations for him. What that means is you write illustrations, present about 20 to him per sermon, and then he would take the ones he liked and then use the ones he liked, and then he would do it. So when you see me here, I don't, pre- I don't do my sermons by myself. What you don't know is nine people help me with my sermons. Uh-huh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Somebody designing the handout you have. Somebody designing the, um, the illustrations I have. Somebody go to do the original Hebrew and Greek word that I have. Oh, you're not feeling me. Do you think I know? Hold on. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here. Do you think I know anything about them doggone tools? Come here, come here, come here, come here. Do you think I know anything about a gator grip? Ain't nobody know nothing about a gator grip. That's because Pastor Luke know about a gator grip. If I need something fixed, I call somebody. If Pastor Luke needs something fixed, he going to fix it himself. I give him my sermon notes on about Wednesday, if I'm doing good Thursday, if I'm doing bad Saturday morning, and then he takes it, he finds out. I didn't find this. He said, hey, man, if you're doing adaptability, I know a gator grip you can use to do adaptability. Here's what I need you to know. I didn't come up with this. That was Luke that came up with this, but it works real well for the glory of God. Therefore, wrong with y'all. Some of you holding yourself back right now because you're still trying to do it all by yourself. And there are people around you that want to help you, but you're too arrogant enough. You want it to all be, it's my original work. Well, you ain't that good to come up with original work. Now, that's why you have chat GPT to come up with original work. Now, collaborate with other people and get your little gator grip and get your regular one. I don't even know what this one's called. And get a vice grip and use your vice grip because Pastor Luke, praise you, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, for Pastor Luke because he has helped me with more stuff than ever before. When you see one person doing something, it's never just them. Half the time when you see people write books, it's not them writing it. You just don't know. And you worshiping them like they all that. They ain't all that. There's 10 people behind them making them look as good as they are. I just, I really don't. I just don't care who get the credit. So the next time you see a plane up here, Pastor Luke got it. The next time you see a doggone limousine up here, Pastor Luke got it. Okay, when you see something that don't look good up here, Pastor Matt got it, okay? I'm done with y'all, I'm done, I'm done. By the way, high school students, you don't ever know who you're gonna need. Pastor Matt and I, 20-year relationship. 
before we even started this church, 20 years. I'm a 20-year relationship. You don't know who you're going to need when you're going to need them. So here's what you do. Be kind to every single person you know because you don't know when you're going to need them. Father, thank you for the day. Thanks for what you're doing in our church. Thanks for the vision that you've given every person under the sound of my voice. Help us to dream bigger, dream larger, to accomplish stuff we cannot do on our own because we need other people to help us get it done. God, help us to be strategic thinkers. Help us to be adaptable. Help us to make sure that whatever commitments we make, we stay faithful to those. Help us, God, to make sure we are using the collective intelligence of the collaborative effort to bring forth something that we could not do on our own. Humble us so we realize how much we need others to pull off things we've never seen before. Thanks for the opportunity we have before us. Now release your people to a dark world that needs to see Jesus. Humble us, keep us hungry, keep us relationally smart, keep us holy before you as we seek to bring your name glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now everybody, stay right where you are. Men, I need every man to sign up for a men's conference. Please remember that. And this Wednesday, we'll have one prayer meeting for an audience of one and that's God alone it came to our attention that whenever whenever things are going good the reason why Joshua got in trouble is because when things were going good he thought he didn't need to consider God as a church we must never make that mistake so the reason we're having a prayer meeting is out of this sermon and because one of volunteers challenged us with it and we said you're right we need to spend way more time just in the presence of God. So men, go register, and we'll see you here on Wednesday night for a prayer time just before God. God and God alone gets all the glory in that meeting. As you go out, the last one, you're getting a gift. This is a powerful gift. It is 10 questions to ask when things are going so good, you have a tendency to say, I feel the peace, I feel the peace, I should do this. Sometimes the enemy will use what you consider peace to lead you astray and so you're going to get 10 questions you need to give it to every kid you know every high school kid you know because it will help them discern the voice and the will of God so as you go out today everybody gets one you can get more than one well if they have enough you can get more than one everybody gets one thanks for coming God bless you we love you you're dismissed bye see you